Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Shannon Feltis. I'm Bonnie Dutch. And uh, this is You You Are Are That. We are two sisters who cannot take a compliment. Not right now. No. Not at all. All right. We have a remote episode coming your way, which means your brain at some point is going to say, Hey, this sounds a little different. Let your heart tell your brain, hell yeah, it does. And I'm into it. have a very good quarantine question for I you, sister. I might have an answer. Okay. So let's do our peak and our pit of quarantine right now. We're weeks and weeks into this shit. We're trying uh-huh. to hang on. What's a peak <laughs> and what's a pit, right? Now, this week, as of this moment. It's like the simple pleasures. Every day when I drink coffee, my morning coffee yeah. or my afternoon coffee, I have selected assorted creamers and sugar-free each morning. And I have sourdough toast and a cup of coffee and I mix it up. So I have like a caramel coffee with a regular creamer, dark roast with some tiramisu creamer. I don't know how I would get by without coffee. Yeah. Yeah. The peak of my day is always coffee. When I get a moment to my darn self to just be lost in my thoughts for five to 15 minutes and just be alone. Nice. It's your pit. My pit has been unregulated emotions. Today is a good day, but at any given moment, it could be a good day. And then in the middle, have a catastrophe and then go right back to being a normal day. (sighs) Yes. And I talk about that. I talk about that in my interview. So you'll be able to, to really hear the crazy come out. Yeah, dude, I get it. It's weird. What is your peaks and pits? My peak, I have the luxury of having a yard big enough to accommodate a garden. And I've been doing it for years. The nice thing is my peak is that I get to go outside, do the thing I always do in this season. Thank God this isn't happening in November. The crazy, weird, Mm -hmm. warm we're having right now is like, the best gardening temperatures I've had in years. My business right now is kind of in the toilet, Mm -hmm. just like everybody else, which really should be a pit. 
But right now, the crazy thing is, is like virtual FaceTiming garden um, consults Ooh. are a thing. Which means I get to like FaceTime with people and talk about their yards. And I'm meeting new friends that I wouldn't have met otherwise. Every once in a while, I have to be a normal job person. And then I'm feeling like a human again. So I'm like not slipping all the way into a crazy funk. What's your pet? What's that Lolo? The Lolo is Aiden's lost his goddamn mind. <laughs> The boy is crazy. He finally hit a wall. We are in no man's land and this shit's hard to navigate. For a kid with no words, he sure wants a lot of pork rinds. And I don't know what yeah. to do with him all the time. Being a mom full time is great. I did not count on having to be a working mom with a working husband and a functioning kid that is dysfunctional. So all of that's a very weird ass tornado. I'm trying to see the sunshine in the fucked up moments. I mean, it could be fucking worse. I have a weird feeling that's happening where I feel oh, okay. like there's a light at the end of the tunnel finally. I finally have that where I'm like, I feel like it's almost over and I'll be able to go back to work. I love you, uh -oh. but I'm going to shit on your parade because I have the other side of that. I feel like this is the uphill for no. wave two. I'm the downer. I'm really sorry. All my friends that are like, I'm going to go to the river. I live in Washington. They lifted our ban. I'm like, don't do it yet. I feel like we're going to hit another wave of badness. And I feel like we're going to be in this till August. I'm that crazy person. Well, my birthday is end of July. <laughs> so I would prefer I to know. not have a quarantine birthday. You know what? Speaking of birthdays. I'm going to shout you out because I have gotten the weirdest fucking birthday presents this last oh, month yay. because of you. Quarantine birthday? Yeah. I didn't give a fuck about my birthday until it was here. And then I got sad about it. It's not that I didn't want to plan a party or whatever was the thing. It was that I wasn't in control of whether or not I could have a party. But it wasn't up to you. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't up to me. I got so much more than I would have planned for myself because yeah. I wouldn't have planned anything. I don't feel 40, so it didn't feel real. So this felt strange. You made them send me flowers. Make them. Send me gifts. You encourage them. And it was the most beautiful gesture. Uh -huh. Code House. Yeah. Ellie Ward. <laughs> she said she owed it to you. Which just, it sounds weird when a friend says, hey, I owed your sister a Toad House. And I'm like, of course you oh did. Oh my God. Weirdos. I know. Toad abode. It was amazing. No, I've got everything from a yarn to a butterbell, from flowers to food to the craziest, cool, the most amazing gifts. And I appreciate it more because we're in fucking quarantine. Maybe I should have a quarantine birthday. Here's the deal. You might not have an option. I love you, but the cynic in me is like, yo, second wave, bitch. <laughs> I love you and your birthday, but I'm here to send out your wish list to your friends just like you did so it'll happen it was great because cool. of you well, i'm glad so you had a happy thank birthday you for making my quarantine birthday you're welcome yeah you know it's our third episode of the stay at home Indeed. status updates quarantine life we have two amazing guests covered so many people and had so many amazing stories so if you yes. haven't listened yet hop back to part one and part two because our guests are amazing everyone has such a different insight and who did you uh talk to this week shannon miss mandy 
our bee scientist pal, Mandy Shaw. Miss Mandy Shaw. She's battling swarms. We talked a lot about kids. Big time. Oh, well, I'm really excited to hear all the wonderfulness, which is Mandy. She's so perky. Even when she's like pretending like she's being a grouch, even at her grouchiest, I feel like she's got that like friendly curmudgeon thing. If anybody could take a dark thing and put a learning experience on it, this is our girl. Oh, you you sound fantastic too. Can you hear me? Am I loud enough? You are wonderful i'm down in the mom den my family is going to sleep well the child is going to sleep and i'm i'm done with my chores for the day so i feel really good and i can chill okay. i'm having a beverage I'm are you having, having a, a beer too. i am Yay. out in my studio and i oh, have I a beer it. um Yay. i do have to say though our internet today has been spotty very very spotty and okay so I am plugged in to the network right now and it awesome. seems to be working, but if it for some reason fails, I have my Zoom recorder ready so we could just hop on the phone and resume you know and what? I can send you the file. We will make it happen. Oh, yeah. Lord willing, you will be on this podcast episode, damn it. We got this. This will be fine. <laughs> we, are, we are goddamn professionals. This is going to be great. <laughs> I love it. So we can actually virtual cheers because this is um happy hour. Oh yeah. Love it. Yay. I haven't had a drink with a, oh. with a friend in a long oh my God. time. I mean, I have a Same. drink with my husband every night. Right. It's different than, you know, having a drink with a friend. Right. It's my totally husband's my friend, different. but it's different. Yeah. <laughs> it's I don't it's nice to talk about somebody else's day. Yeah. And like we're not in the same shit storm as yeah, each other. Yeah, so I know our storm is similar, but it's nice to commiserate. Mm-hmm. Ugh, speaking of storm, okay, let's get into it. So the children are home, all of our children. Did you get a notice today that school may be extended and the year as we know it may be over, and we'll have to finish this homeschooling situation ourselves? Did you get that? Today? Yes, I did, but I'm hopeful that at least with the online learning that that the school district says they're going to make available it sounds like it it will be more structured than the few apps that they recommended for us to use to keep the kids busy right I think they have to because really um I think at first they were like shit okay sorry guys here's what we have for you and then now they're like Oh, fuck. Like, we're, like, really losing months of actual education. We have to give you something substantial. Yes. Yeah. And and using these apps and these, you know, few math sheets that were sent home with the kids, that's not going to cut it. And honestly, you know, I worry about, well, what's going to happen to kids that are supposed to graduate high school this year? Oh, totally. How are are they going to (laughs) finish? No, they're going to get a pass is really what it comes down to. So I was thinking that. worrying about them. Right. No, what I was thinking is, see, I'm a total bitch. And I'm like, wow, you don't get to go to prom. Cool, cool, cool. No one cares about your prom. I'm such a bitch. But really, I'm like, other kids are like really wanting to go to school. Like Aiden asked where the school bus was, which is totally crazy because he could kind of give no shits usually. And I'm like, if this is affecting him, this is like really hitting some of my friends' kids pretty hard, obviously. So my kids are really glad to be home from school. And just tonight, Aww. Jack, he was mad that I was having him do some some apps from his yeah. uh, virtual classroom. Yeah. And he was like, this is supposed to be a break for kids. 
Oh. And you're like, we're in the middle of a global <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> we can't go to school because it's not safe. So oh do your God. work. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. What did you tell your kids was going on? Have you explained anything, I mean, in depth? Yeah. So I have a 10-year-old who's my biological son. And I have a nine-year-old who's my adoptive son. And they're both in the fourth grade. Mm-hmm. Never in the same class, though. Right. They started hearing about COVID at school when Mm -hmm. they really started cracking down and having everybody washing their hands a lot more than they typically would and wiping things down with Clorox wipes and even kids talking about COVID. Even kindergartners talking about COVID being a virus from China. Um, Kids would come in and say, oh, well, my mom has COVID. She's really Great. sick. But you know, like oh, that wasn't God. actually true. So there were a lot right. of rumors that the kids were generating. And, and it's shitty because even if it was correct, like who's going to believe it? it? It was so rare at first. Right. And what I told them, I'm like, look, if that child's mom actually does have COVID, they would be sending notices home to families. They would not have let that kid in school. They would have been sent home to quarantine because that's how serious this is. Right. And then when... We learned that school was canceled all through spring break. It's like, okay, we can do this two two weeks away from go back. But then when we found out that the governor extended the school closures through April, I think it, um, man, when they found out, they ran through the house screaming like it was Christmas morning. It was like so exciting for them while I'm, trying not to cry right (laughs) real talk like those of us that run a business from home when we scoot our kids out the door at the beginning of the day we literally pour a cup of coffee put in our headphones put on our glasses go sit at a computer really buckle down and start getting our shit together and then now we're like and i know like we can't do any of that shit it's it's really hard i've always struggled when the kids were home because i find it so hard to focus like i just can't hold a thought yeah with you. Also, for our audience, we both have children with exceptional needs. We'll just put it in that bracket. The needs are different, yes. but more high maintenance than the average kids, both of us. So sometimes we have a beer on the phone and commiserate about just kids in general, but like the high maintenance of kids that don't always understand the rationale that quote unquote neurotypical or atypical kids do. Mm-hmm. It's fucking rough because like Aiden didn't give two shits that the sky was falling. But as weeks went on, he's like, okay, in my head, the math means if school has stopped, that means camp is starting. And I'm like, shit, I don't know. Yeah. So now he's like, where's my bus? Where, where, if my bus isn't here, I'm going to camp. And I'm like, here's your math packet. And he's like, fuck you. Like, (laughs) this is not how this works. It's it's such an abstract concept. Yeah. We don't know when we're going back to school because there's a virus going around. Exactly. But those kids can be more high maintenance as far as. In an abstract way for somebody who doesn't. Yeah. And 
And they cancel out your brain in a different way than a normal kid asking for a snack. Those kids coming up and asking you a hundred different things and interrupting your thought process can be a lot more disorienting for your day than the Mm -hmm. average kid that you can like maybe give a task or a chore or a a game or something and get some work done. It's a lot more um, unpredictable, I think. Yeah. And, you know, mine has a lot of challenging behaviors. And so there's a lot of emotional turmoil that we are dealing with frequently right and so that like being around that every day all day very draining yeah it's draining it's very exhausting to not be able to understand the needs of someone and then having to try to guess on how to meet them Mm -hmm. and how to teach them I think that that adds an extra level yeah so the (laughs) teaching part like personally I'm like I've committed to doing a Monday Wednesday Friday attempt because I know that I'm not an educator that my son respects. And I have to like cut myself a little bit of slack and realize that that's not my wheelhouse. And I still need him to love me at the end of the day. Yeah, (laughs) And this has been really a challenge. I feel like you've got that too. Yeah, I had a, a phone appointment with our psychologist during the the middle of the first week that Uh we were off from school and I told her like I haven't even wrapped my mind around some kind of lesson plan or some kind of schedule and she said you know for somebody like your son academically I'm not worried about him falling behind your biggest priority is going to be keeping him stable yeah exactly how do we not fall more behind and how do we not derail um progress in behavior yeah that's really where we're at. It's pretty fucking crazy. On another note, I have some questions. <laughs> okay. This is a really good touch base. And I think that the real life is very important for people to know because there are a lot of people that are home with no kids. You are so lucky and I envy you right now. But there are some people that are home completely alone and maybe they wish that mm-hmm. their kids were with them. Maybe their kids are with dad. I have some friends who have split parenting and I don't even know what that looks like. So it's kind of nice oh. to hear. Our houses are kind of similar but everybody is so different across the board with what they're dealing with so it's kind of nice to get a little taste of what everybody's real bullshit looks like that's a taste of our chaos but we'll we'll figure this out but this is an interesting new element of our life at home because the internet has been just shit all day and yeah totally trying to explain that to my kids yeah uh, good luck has been a real challenge and they don't. They can't do their video games on their uh, oh, little Chromebooks, or they want to do Netflix or something. It's been hard to explain that oh, to them. It's working. It's not working. It's working yeah. now. And no, it's not working. Dude, sorry. Aiden would, have, Aiden would have a total fucking cow because his life revolves around whether or not he can be on his iPad. Yeah. So if if that were to crash, I have to be some kind of god and savior in the sky to make that happen or i have to deal with a screaming kid yep or like i've taken him out to play in the rain because i don't know how else to derail it and find something sensory to do that's like removed from the whole situation yeah. it's bullshit man i totally get <laughs> I it <know. laughs> oh man completely are you calm being a shut-in or is the anxiety come out in you are you like jonesing to be back to normal society and be away from being told you have to be inside how are you feeling about this you know because I work from home and I have always been a homebody 
being yeah. here isn't the hard part because I've got right. all kinds of projects. I have this wonderful studio that I can come out and play in. Um, and I have a really big yard that needs a ton of work. And so I've been able to get out and do a lot of things, but it's hard being with the family so much. Yes. It's just so much together. No, I get it. You're <laughs> preaching. To, the nice thing is you're preaching to the choir about that because yeah. like, while I love them, it's the being forced to be trapped in an area where normally you can come and go as you please. So it's the knowledge of the lack of freedom, I think, is a fucked mindset. Yeah. But then also, it's there is already so very little time that you can have alone, peace, and quiet that take that away entirely, and it starts to really make you feel very cooped up. Mm -hmm. It is hard to not have a moment's peace where you aren't able to be accessed by your family. You. Yeah, they always know where to find me. And my house isn't very big, so right. we really can't hide from each other. I I feel like for the most part, I have been able to remain pretty calm. You're a calm human. I give you credit. I have these moments where somebody asks me something for the bajillionth time and it just sends yeah. me over the edge and I like I'm like, leave me alone, you know. No, you're not you're not wrong though, because like I feel like my fuse has become so much shorter. Mm -hmm. Granted you're a much more patient person than I am. I do not have the extended patience I wish I did because my fuse is much more short. I feel my tone slipping into very irritated a lot more quickly. Yeah. Like Aiden knows when the answer is no for the final time and there is no more asking. <laughs> that is, he knows when it slips into the mom tone where we are no longer fucking around. Do not ask me any more times. Yeah. That tone happens a lot quicker right now and it sucks because i feel like i really lack patience with him it's i'm not my best self right now and it's not making me feel like a very good mom and that well, can kind of i mean yeah you have to be easy on yourself and i just i think back to okay what this is kind of what it feels like at the end of every summer vacation i'm exhausted you know what? I'm totally frazzled, right. but we've made it but this is different because yeah. there's oh, so many God. uncertainties it's yeah. happening we didn't expect it and i think that the anxiety of trying to process all of the information that's coming in from the outside world yeah. and feeling powerless to really do anything about it other than stay the fuck at home <laughs> i also do not enjoy being told what to do and i feel like you're kind of like that too mm -hmm. and we're both people that really love to be outside yeah and if it was sunny i feel like this would be more enjoyable like we could go out in the yard. We could go for a walk. Like, our kids all enjoy being outside. Our kids kind of don't all have to interact with a shit ton of other kids to be happy. Yeah. So, like, if the sun would just come out, is that just too much to ask, like, for our sanity? <laughs> and really just so funny. people listening to this understand, it hailed oh, yeah. twice today. The sun right? came out a few oh. times, but, I mean, it's just been, it's been cold and it's been raining a ton. Yeah. And yeah, that it's, not being able to get outside is, is really hard. Yeah. Right. Because it tricked us the first week. Oh, and by the way, Mandy is also, she's in the Pacific Northwest. She's in Oregon with us. She lives less than five miles from me. So like <laughs> we have the same weather bullshit happening at our homes yep. and our kids are like outside and we're like, are you fucking kidding me? It is hailing and it's muddy. <laughs> oh my gosh. The other fun thing that has been giving me life instagram social media more than ever for me has yeah. been filling my cup which is also how i keep tabs on my friends my introvert friends and i are all messaging and sending memes to each other which is fucking great what instagrams youtubes what funny things are you finding on social media that is 
helping you stay afloat in the crazy shit? Well, we adopted two birds earlier this year. We adopted a cockatiel uh, named Thor, and then we, a a couple weeks later, adopted a parakeet named Comet. And so I will spend a lot of time with these dudes. They're always in a good mood. They're always happy singing. Like, they don't care what's happening outside of their little universe. And they have some accounts that they really enjoy um, looking at. (laughs) So (laughs) um, on YouTube, there's a channel um, that is Disco the Parakeet. And this is really awesome little parakeet that talks. He says incredible stuff. And so from the get-go, we showed Comet, our parakeet, videos from Disco the Parakeet. And here we are. We've had him for two months now. He has learned so many phrases from Disco's channel. No way. It's amazing. Like, not all parakeets talk. No, but this guy I does. And they were dumb as rocks. Yeah, this guy's smart. He's... Okay, do you think it's because he's with a cockatiel? Because I had two parakeets. They hated people and they only liked each other. So we... do you think it's because he's with a more social bird that's in a different food chain than him, kind of, like, brain-wise? Maybe. They are very different birds. They have very different yeah. personalities. But with Comet, we started handling him right away. But he's always Ugh. seemed really interactive and inquisitive and he was much easier to finger train than the cockatiel they're so cute okay (laughs) i have to know the story here so the cockatiel was a thing the kid begged for yes yes he okay so how did the parakeet happen so after the (laughs) cockatiel arrived the cockatiel seemed like maybe he was kind of a dud and oh. the kid was so disappointed because the cockatiel, <laughs> as it turns out, is actually an incredibly shy, self-conscious oh. kind of bird. And oh my god! Not the fun, boisterous, outgoing cockatiels that you find on Instagram right. or YouTube. And so that's it was... so rare, by the way. Like, I had, <laughs> yeah, it, I yeah. had a lot of friends with birds that were like lame as hell <laughs> it was like one in a million cockatiels it was my name is sunny yeah and you're like, oh my god i yeah. really felt like i felt like thor the cockatiel needed a buddy um yeah. and a, a buddy that could help sort of bring him out of his shell oh and so my <laughs> against my husband's wishes we waited until he went on a trip to Vermont. We went to the pet store <laughs> that day and we chose this parakeet that was missing a toe and had a, he wasn't like the typical colors. He's a yellow face and a blue body instead of a white face creepy. and a blue body or a yellow so face he, and a green body. He's is special. Is he a parakeet or is he yeah. a budgie? Or well, what's the par- difference? They're like the same. Are they? Yeah. I've always heard different things. So I'm like, what is a characteristic of a budgie? Yeah. What makes it different? I mean, you know I, I could be wrong, that. but I think I think they are they're the same. I think they are too. Yeah. but I've heard other things. So, like the birds, they're helping me. Like I have my bird oh. therapy sessions twice a day. I have my coffee with them in the mornings, and then I when all this. the guys are playing video games in the evening, like the birds expect this routine. And and in the evening. Oh. We watch our shows together. So we watch Disco oh the Parakeet. Gosh. And then there's Crumpet and Dumpling, which is Thor's favorite Instagram account. This oh is a cockatiel. God. The pet owner puts a piece of lettuce on the bird's head and he sings. 
with lettuce oh. on his head like he has a piece of bok choy you know as a oh, crown and he'll sing this really amazing song <laughs> I, it's like a magnet they go they just fly oh. straight to my shoulder oh. or land on my glasses or my head or oh whatever my gosh. um Dude, it's like that ace ventura thing where he puts his hands up and all the birds fly to him <laughs> yeah that's you yeah i love that yeah shit, i'm a crazy dude. bird lady Oh, dude, I relate. I drink with my chickens in the afternoon. I tell them all my problems, and they're really good listeners. They listen. Our chickens have been laying, like, not very consistently, and yesterday I went out to the box. I want all of them to lay an egg every day, because that's food coming in. Of because course. right now, yeah. food is an uncertain necessity. Like, we don't know how oh, much food we're going to have dude. a month from um, now. We're bartering and trading eggs and pickles for necessities. Yeah. That's like that's that's I, like what it's come down to. It's amazing. Now you and I need to get together and make kimchi, mm-hmm. maybe virtually at this point, not in real life. <laughs> um or maybe six feet apart in your driveway. I don't know what we're gonna do. So I had a friend trade me pizza rolls for Aiden for wine. Another friend traded us eggs and pickles for toilet paper because oh my God, yeah, yeah. that's a thing. Like we weren't in the crazy rush to go get it and now I'm having regrets. So your girls are being lazy little shit. They are and they're being not super doing lazy. Work. And I, <sighs> when I went to the egg box, I opened it up and there was one normal looking egg, but right next to it, there was like a really, really tiny egg and i thought oh a fairy egg but it was dark brown oh and i thought oh my god because we have this one bird that stopped laying last year i thought maybe it was hers but that something was really wrong so i reached out and i picked it up and it was a fucking acorn (laughs) (laughs) you thought it was a fairy egg okay so it was an acorn for listeners that aren't chicken nerds a fairy egg is a tiny egg that most usually does not contain a yolk it's just whites so it's like a hiccup in their ovarian system where it hurries up and pumps out too many eggs sometimes they call it a fart egg or a wind egg <laughs> i've had a cute fairy egg that had a yolk Aww. and i i cracked it and cooked it up next to a big one and i called it portion control because i was being a real <laughs> piece of shit <laughs> my chickens have been keeping me sane and the gardening has been keeping me sane i need the garden to really produce especially if we're going to be in these hard times for eternity i need to grow food for my people oh totally i I ordered a bunch of uh vegetable seeds hell yeah and a week later i still didn't hear like an order confirmation or anything and then they finally sent an email saying like we're slammed right now and it's gonna take longer to process orders but it's been shipped so i should have veggie seeds next week Okay, how's the kimchi going? Because you, girl, you got a little bit of a problem. And I no do. So one of the things so. that has been keeping <laughs> me sane at the end of each day is watching some television. And I have to say, they could not have released Tiger King at a better time. <laughs> oh, my God. God. Oh. It is the most compelling bizarre tv i've ever watched and i actually think about it during the day we've been really good we're like one episode a night because you could totally binge that so well here's the funny thing my husband cannot physically binge it because it makes him so physically uncomfortable (laughs) because he does not enjoy watching people that should have shame in their behavior 
uh, I think it's called voyeuristic embarrassment, uh-huh. where you you feel physical horrid feelings about somebody that should be embarrassed by their behavior, but they're not. Oh well. So we have to do it one episode at a time. But here's the trippy thing: I listened to the podcast, which came out. It was called Joe Exotic. I think it was from Wondery. It came out like a year or even two years ago. I can't remember. They didn't touch on all of this. And there was no visual. So this is like oh. a whole new <laughs> layer. And the fact that it's a cult obsession is bringing me major joy. Only oh, totally. because in the podcast, they talked about how the singing isn't him. That is so nuts. Now, I don't want to do any spoilers, Ugh. but... No, there is a moment in the show where the he's he's singing. Yeah. When I found out that he was lip singing, it just made it like 500% more inappropriate. Ridiculous. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So having a dad that was a brilliant songwriter and a really amazing, talented musician that did all of his own booth singing, he did harmonization with himself, not with a auto-tune, like, he recorded the tracks on top of each other. Wow. Like the way you do it, like old school shit. Like Beach so Boys. Then, yeah. Oh, he was a Beach Boy, basically. Oh. He would kill me if you heard me say that, because I don't <laughs> know if he was super fond of the Beach Boys. But yeah, the crazy thing is, is having a musician father and then l- listening to this guy and then watching the video of him like holding the headphone in the sound booth, I wanted to freak out. <laughs> yeah. It made me like cringe so bad. I was so pissed <laughs> off for that. Oh, no, that's bullshit. This show is a crazy train wreck. But it's keeping me sane. And when I uh, have watched it, I snack on kimchi. <laughs> you know what? I have my beer Maybe... and I'm eating my kimchi. But oh, the girl. stores are like running out of stuff. And they um, run out of kimchi? So they didn't have the kimchi that I wanted the last time. Okay, and so you have the Asian market next to you. How do they not have kimchi? Well, it's always so crowded there that I never go. Uh, one time since march 13th wow so i'm quite stabity person right now i'm I'm a little murdery um but i actually <laughs> i like being outdoors it, it's only frustrating me because it's been raining when it was sunny i was like who fucking cares it's great yeah, but yeah. really like my asian food and i've been missing it oh i drunk dm'd the kimchi company on instagram <laughs> one night when i was watching tiger joe and i was like i really love your kimchi and they wrote back and they're like, oh, we love hearing people's recipes. How do you use it? And I'm like, I eat it straight out of the jar. Girlfriend, um, and let's I... put our brains together and let's make a recipe. And then okay. let's get you cases and cases of kimchi. Oh, <gasps> I would eat it. I mean, it's so good. Uh, it's so good for your body. Yeah. I fucking love that. Topical you don't need breath. masks so to social distance. You need kimchi breath. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my belly hurts from laughing. I needed this this time. I heard that you talked to beloved bar owner, awesome music man, Mr. Steven. How's he doing? Steven Curtis Cook, that mofo. Yeah. <laughs> we had the best talk. It honestly, again, I can't say it enough. It's like therapy. He 
comes at it with a, a brand new perspective. So we really get to hear a firsthand account of someone who's in the food industry, how they've been affected by shutdowns, how they're still open, what he's expecting when they reopen. And then we hear about his family life and kind of, you know, how they're keeping it staying at home and what he's doing for his own self. You have to stay tuned for it because we talk about the best places to go and cry by yourself. Oh, shit. <laughs> From a small business owner, I'm really excited about this because the Portland food industry has been hit so fucking hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh. And if you just want to help firsthand, we talk about it. It's like a drop in the bucket expenses wise. Right. But if you want to help out in your Northeast Portland, Church Bar is located oh, yeah. right off of Sandy, right by the Coca-Cola factory. And if you guys are in that neighborhood, they're doing to-go food pickups and you can get local food and it'll feel like you're going out to eat even if you just take it to a bus bench and oh, sit down so and good. enjoy it. Hello? Hello. <laughs> How are you? Oh my goodness. I am keeping it together. <laughs> yeah, same. I'm, I'm about at that point as well. <laughs> I have so many questions for you. So I'm really excited that you took time out to talk to your old friend, Vaughn. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, this is great. It's, uh, it's nice to have something to look forward to, I guess. <laughs> Um, right. Okay. So I have to quote you back. Stephen Cook, you said to me, let's record Friday because it'll be a great way to kick off the weekend. <laughs> and I said, I love that you're still a person who thinks weekends are weekends. <laughs> I, I feel like I have to try to maintain some sense of normalcy or routine, you know, so I don't, uh, I don't know go crazy, drink myself to death. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I feel like once this is all said and done and routine starts to kick back in, am I going to be so mad when it's like midnight and I'm like, oh, I have to get up in the morning. This is <laughs> hard. This is a hard life to just get back to. I'm, I need it, I think. Um, I'm super intrigued by how different our worlds might be, but I know you were affected fairly early on just because of Church Bar here in Portland all the bars and restaurants were shut down. It was kind of sudden. It was like a one day warning or something like that. How did you guys get that news? How did you deal with it? Like what are you guys still doing? Oh man, uh, it has been a nightmare as you can imagine, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, we kind of knew it was coming and you know, people seem to be pretty responsive ahead of time anyhow, you know, so we could kind of see like, oh, people aren't really coming out. And, you know, it kind of got to this point where it's like, I shit, I guess it's really not very responsible to stay open was kind of an interesting turn of events is Kate Brown made the announcement on Monday, the 16th of March, and it took place on the 17th. Uh, on the 15th, Jake and I had talked and we're like, we got to close down. I mean, we just have to close it. You know, hopefully something will happen to take care of, you know, public facing businesses. But um, mm -hmm. I don't know. You just feel like this responsibility, I suppose. So on the 16th, we're like, let's just shut it down. In the morning, she made an announcement that she wasn't going to close everything down. We're like, that's interesting. But okay, we'll see mm -hmm. how it goes. Yeah, it, it's been a nightmare. It's been horrifically, you know, mismanaged. I'm sure you've seen all the posts about, you know, the Lakers got, I don't know how many, $4 million or something like that. And 
because these... they definitely need it you right. know more than small businesses <laughs> that rely on people walking in their doors to have money right yeah so it, it's been interesting and then you know when everybody got called out and they did the second round you know i think they're going to take it more seriously now bars and restaurants the the profit margin is real small so it's even hard to put anything away that type of thing i think sometimes people have an impression that you're just making money hand over fist but it's generally not how it is well you guys also aren't just like the the dirty pub on the corner you guys have really good food like high quality ingredients you guys have a really versatile menu as far as like ordering food and things like that a lot of bars are just standing yeah. open for the food a lot of work for a, an owner of a yeah yeah like it's definitely been pretty interesting and really what people are looking for with bars is an opportunity to uh be with other people. You know, it, it is the socializing aspect. Mm -hmm. You know, the food and drinks are, you know, like an added bonus, but that's really what people are looking for at the end of the day. So, yeah, you know, you're, if you're looking at being able to stay open and just for to-go food is not a sustainable business plan by any stretch of the imagination. And we, we are doing the food to-go, but um, people have been really great, you know, really coming in and supporting and stuff. And we've probably tripled our to-go orders, which is great. But, you know, that yeah. when food accounts for 20% of of what you're doing, it's not enough to keep the lights on and stuff. We can we can kind of get by for the moment doing it because there's a moratorium on evictions and things like that. And, and you know, the gas and power, you know, they're not shutting anybody off right now. So, you know, there are some saving graces, uh, mm -hmm. but if we had to pay all that, there's no way, you know. So I think a lot of people out there are really suffering, you know, employees as well. I'm hearing tons of stories about unemployment not coming through. Okay, so I'm on unemployment and I use on very loosely stopped working the second week into quarantine and have been submitting my week each week and just still haven't heard anything. There's no updates. I yeah. can't create a new case because my case is already in the system. And they're like, just be patient. You should see it two days after you put in your thing for the week. And it's been five weeks. I'm coming up on my sixth week here. And I'm like, I haven't seen any of that. And as a person that works a full-time job so she can do her hobby as art, like art's not gonna pay my rent. You know, I'm, I'm relying on like actual big chunks of money, stimulus, tax breaks, things like that, where I'm like, oh, this is too much. And I feel like I've been in a lucky dodge a bullet mm -hmm. type situation with money where I'm like, I don't feel as awful as I feel like I'm going to feel maybe next month or however it's working out. It's all kind of working out. And I never get that luxury in my life. It's always like the shit right away. So yeah. everyone's in the shit. Are, are you guys doing like the small business loan type thing? Like what, if you don't mind me asking, like, did you guys get any sort of like actual grant money that went towards small no. businesses in Portland? I applied earlier than you could even do it through your bank and then did it again through the bank. And yeah, I mean, we missed the first round altogether. I mean, just no updates whatsoever. You know, they released the second round and we're kind of waiting to hear... Um, you know, you, you get like an email. It's pretty, I don't know, disheartening, I guess, kind of seeing how everybody's handling it, um, especially from a standpoint when you're waiting on other people or you, you need assistance. The extent to which, yeah. you know, companies that are still afloat or landlords, you know, that kind of thing, that they're not stepping up to the plate. I mean, it, it almost feels like the general consensus is like, well, if you're a service industry employee or a, a public facing business, you know, 
a lot of these companies, it, it seems like their stance is like, well, yeah, you should just, you know, foot the financial burden of all this Figure for everybody. But, you know, fuck you, pay me. <laughs> it's, you know, the feeling that uh, comes across because, you know, yeah, we have our um, landlords and insurance company. I mean, just, uh, you know, not giving an inch, but then signing off on emails. We're in this together and, you know, we're here to support. And it's like, in uh, what way? <laughs> right. This email was a really great template right. you copied from somebody else. It doesn't mean anything. Have you seen there's an image going around online? Because guess what? We're just all going <laughs> right. to the internet. It's how we're surviving. It's we're in this together, spelled out in yachts. <laughs> I, yeah, it's almost like you just think like, wow, people are just really out of touch. You know, you know, even if you're looking at the stimulus amount of money, like a one-time yeah. payment of twelve hundred dollars. What do you think rent costs? <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, how many roommates do you think I still have? Because I don't live that life right. anymore. But that would be dope right now. I would love to pay two thousands prices and have you know <laughs> yeah. nine strippers as my roommates and be splitting rent to where I'm like, here's my three thirty three girls, you know. Yeah, I was thinking of the old days. like you know some punk house like crashing in the basement. Yeah, okay, two hundred bucks, sure that works. Adults that you know, particularly with families, and that's another thing. It's like if you have a dependent, you get an extra five hundred bucks. It's just nonsense. It's like, what do you think is happening here? And then you compare it to you know the way the other countries are handling it. I mean, it's just a disaster here. It's so crazy. And there's so much, you know, with our, <laughs> our lovely leader, there's so much back and forth and misinformation. And yeah, I'm totally behind this, but then also a delay in signing anything. And it's just kind of weird to watch the whole situation. And I'm sure under every command, I'm sure there's like three really level-headed people that are like, no, this is how it is. This is how it needs to be. Get this done. I don't care how we do it. And those people should be the people helping lead our country right now. But those people are buried by yes men of every level and I feel like that's the most frustrating thing is I can see yeah. the clear headed people in the hospitals and in the government being like, I'm putting my foot down and state by state rulings for reopenings and stuff like that. I feel like it are our only. Yeah. I mean, right we'll, we'll see how it plays out along with the stimulus and what rent costs and things. It's like, sure. A moratorium on evictions is fine for the moment, but like, do you think people are going to come out of this with that money saved up? I mean, how are you going to pay it back? Go it's back just rent. kind of insane. And that's kind of the expectation right now that landlords are just doing this yeah we're gonna wait to kick you out and it's like well how are people supposed to pay that back i mean and if you're a homeowner i mean we're we're fortunate enough where you know we have a mortgage it's much easier to defer a payment on a mortgage because they'll tack it on to the end of your 30 year <laughs> they don't give a shit if you're yeah in a six month one yeah they're not forgiving that that needs to happen because people are just gonna lose everything from this uh, it's fucking nuts but, but i also think like oh this is this is going to be interesting because whether you're talking about commercial or personal rental properties the landlords have lost the upper hand what are you going to do evict everybody you know at once in a, like over a month or two yeah who's going to move right. in for you 
when you yeah. get some partial rent and a, mm-hmm. hey, man, thank you so much, pat on the back, then have to put out ads for people to come what right. create a business out of nothing. Where are those people with money just right. hanging out waiting for vacancies? Yeah, I think it's going to be a big reminder that an investment has some inherent risk. And you know they've done a great job of minimizing that to the point where there hasn't been any risk for so long that they're now feel kind of mm-hmm. victimized by you know any type of risk taking place. It's also interesting because not everybody lost their jobs. And it'd be pretty easy to implement a program where it's like, okay, if you lost your employment due to this, then yeah, you're off the hook. If you're still working, of course, you still have to pay. You know, you could provide documentation. There's lots of ways around it, but it's interesting the extent to which, you know, this kind of passive income is being prioritized over people's livelihoods and you know ability to survive it's yeah it's the collapse of capitalism in real time fun <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy to the thought of homelessness in portland is a big issue there are tons of people out there that mm-hmm. have nowhere to go right now and are sleeping in tents and it's cold and hot and cold and hot which is like perfect stew for just getting your own kind of flu. And then you're that person that doesn't know what's happening. You don't have medical care. There's no room in hospitals. There's no place for you. And I'm picturing the aftermath of the numbers of people that are on unemployment right now for non-temporary reasons, how the numbers are going to look across the United States of just the amount of homelessness after the prevention of evictions is yeah. ended. Like then, then what's going to happen? It's it's all too much. And we're all just thinking like one day at a time because it's so fucking hard. But looking at the end game, there's no finish line. But when the finish line happens, a bunch of shit is going to drop. Right. And what is that? Yeah, I, I mean, and it's kind of insane to imagine it if it's left the way it is i my personal feeling is i feel like that will come to a head it's going to become pretty clear that like this is not going to sustain itself and it will require further intervention and i think that that will be kind yeah. of a rent forgiveness mandate by by state or whatever yeah but it's interesting that the, that people are not already having that conversation and i and i imagine politically that's probably pretty scary limb to go out on yeah but some's going to happen because you know it would be such a insanely large proportion of the population you know i think about it a lot commercially uh, given my standpoint. And it's like, you know, it's funny, you'd almost want to put it to him like, sure, evict me. No one's going to be trying to open a new business for years if you want to squabble about two months of rent and lose two years of rent. Go for it. (laughs) You guys are going to be at capacity. The minute this is lifted, (laughs) are you kidding? Where are all the sinners going to go? They need a place to show their boobs in a photo booth, (laughs) get a really classically stiff drink, have random DJs where they can shake their booty when they didn't plan on shaking their booty. That's what happens because <laughs> I'm like I'm like an old white girl I'm not here to dance and then like everyone rolls in and starts dancing and I'm like you know what I'm feeling yeah. this song like I don't know that I don't know what this beat is I haven't heard this one but let me shake my booty so you guys yeah, I feel like you guys are going to be at capacity bounds are required just for all the people that are like look at all this finery I purchased online for no reason look at these new jackets and shoes we have and <laughs> 
we're just out to be seen and to see people and talk really loud over loud music. <laughs> like just the sensory thing that I think everyone's going to require a sensory and social. Yeah. Big well, it, that will be interesting too, because I think it will, you know, kind of renew people's appreciation for the ability to go out and have those experiences. But at the same time, I don't think it's going to look the same. You know, I think, I think uh, there will, I think this will have some lasting effects. I'm curious as to what kind of restrictions are going to be placed on bars. Maybe like limits persons per venue. Yeah. They're, they're doing things so structured now that it's not going to be open the gates chaos for sure. And they're also going to have those customers that are so in quarantine mode and still so untrusting mm -hmm. of anything around them that if they flagged it today and said there's been no new cases this whole week, we're all cured. Everyone's fine. Like go outside, go hug your friends, go kiss <laughs> a baby on the mouth. I would be like, like, let me just chill. Right. For let me just see what effect this has because God forbid a reoccurring like one person's out in the world and it happens again and we have to go into a, a deep dive and I'm pretty sure people are just going to burn their own houses down just to be able to get out yeah <laughs> and it's interesting especially because it is uh, you know state state by state the restrictions vary you know so there are some states that are still not doing anything I find it interesting that there's been no discussion of like hey why don't we shut the borders between states for a month or however long you know so it, you have a, a really interesting perspective that no one that we've interviewed has because you are in the food industry and you have, you, you know, you're dealing with all the other stuff and we just see it from the outside. We're just like, oh, this place still has food. Great. We can't go in, but you know, super easy. Darn, the bars are closed. I could really use a drink with someone I yeah. love. And you get to see it from the other side of there's so many different people involved in all of this if your landlord evicted you which is just the most awful thing to think about but it's not just your business being affected you guys get supplies from a business you get food from a business you have people deliver for you you have people that come in and do special events like that's affecting the jobs of so many other people that rely on you guys and then you guys rely on all those other people and it's just a vicious circle of like you close something down in the community, you don't support that part of your community. It's making a bigger impact than just that one thing. Yeah. I, you know, I think it's interesting because um, from our perspective, we've really uh, kind of invested in the community and, and, and it's been, uh, you know, and we've gotten a lot out of that relationship. So it's good. Everybody has been really supportive and, you know, we're just so grateful for every, everybody out there. And despite the fact that it's scary for us it's scary for everybody and it does it does really feel like as bad as it is it's kind of grounding and you're connecting with that community in a way that you haven't before so it's been really nice in some ways to see the ways that people go out on a limb and and do come out to support and uh, there's a business element involved you always kind of wonder you know what the extent of the relationship looks like and to see people really care about it, that's really the highest compliment. There are things like that that um, have really helped us through this crisis. Yeah, it's more eye-opening than a Yelp yeah, review. Yeah, honestly. Like, thank you for coming and having a great time, but you also returned and brought friends, and those friends brought friends, and you guys are surrounded by tiny vintage apartment buildings mm -hmm. through into a giant 
neighborhood. So if you have those people that feel like you guys are a great neighborhood asset, it feels it feels silly to be like, yay, thank you for purchasing food. Thank you for like helping our business. You know, it it's a drop in the bucket in the big picture, but it also means the most because it's more personal. But then also like these people are taking your food home and going, this is what I've been craving. Yeah. I've needed this. I've needed food with love, a memory of a night out where I ate this once, or I'm going to try something new. I'm going to eat their whole menu because I want to support them, but they're bringing it home and you're coming into people's homes in a way that is kind of way more meaningful just based on our circumstances. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and if you're there when I'm there and people come in and we chat for a minute and it's, 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 it is, it's such a warm feeling compared to everything else that's going on. So it's easy to like, kind of, if you're at home and you're looking at the numbers, you're looking at things kind of like fall apart. It's like, oh shit, you know, this isn't, you know, this isn't working. And it's, you know, are we going to be able to sustain, you know, that kind of thing? You have all these worries, but in the moment when people are coming in and, you know, grabbing some food, it's, it is a lot more than that. You know, it, it does. It's like, okay, I guess it kind of gives you this feeling like, okay, we are going to get through this, you know, whereas if you're just bogged down in the in the details and the things that are distanced from that uh, social interaction or um, that human element, then it, it's way easier to get bogged down. So, you know, like it is for everybody, it's kind of this emotional roller coaster, but that is a bright spot. It's been pretty cool seeing people come together and I don't know. <laughs> no, you didn't you didn't even have to say the rest. It's been pretty cool seeing. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> well, that's another thing I keep seeing is like, you know, all the like um shaming of people who are having a, a hard time with it and and you know this and that it's like or, or like minimizing how difficult it is when people are like it's all you have to do is stay home and watch TV. It's like, yeah, that's not that's not a healthy way to live. You know, that's not, that's not what we're built on. That's not why we've survived. Like we're built, we're a social animal, you know, like it's the same reason why solitary confinement is so detrimental. And, it's a punishment. Right, and, and you see that like the severe psychological uh, fallout from that. And not that I'm comparing it to that necessarily, you know, it's obviously not that extreme, but like, you know, it does take a really heavy toll on a lot of people. And I, I would go out on a limb and say the vast majority of people, you know, so it's not as simple as stay home. And, you know, then there's all sorts of um, privilege aspects that come into play where it's like, well, you know, a lot of people don't have the money to stay home. And it's not just like, oh, we're good, you know, like, you know, or like we were talking about earlier, people aren't getting unemployment. They're not getting these things. And, and, you know, you have to work and that, you know, there's people whose jobs are still, oh, actually today, the, you know, the boycott and the, the strikes, it's like, yeah, they have to go to work to survive because their businesses are still open and the companies are not taking care of them. They're not providing mm -hmm. a safe environment. And, and you know, it, it's just very problematic. So this whole like, just stay home, what do you do? You know, it's like, it's really an oversimplification. You know, it's not people being selfish or not caring about others. That's not what's happening. It's this real need and this real psychological toll um, and financial toll. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to boil it down to just like, oh, you're selfish. You're not, you're not quarantining 
the way you're, you ought to, it's, it's not that easy of a task and it's not that simple and not everyone has the same no. uh, financial or emotional capacity to do that. I'm, I'm waiting for those Instagram story posts to start rolling in. And I've seen a few from some like pretty curated Instagram influencers, mm-hmm. you know, but always bubbly, like, hey, guys, I know this is hard, but here are crafts for your kids. And here's what we're doing. And, uh, you know, that's how it started mm-hmm. is what I see. And I've seen a couple people just get real raw and real and post a story of them just crying. And they're like, hey, guys, I'm fucking yeah. over this. Like, I can't do this. I, I've been crying for like an hour. And why am I showing you my face with no makeup and dirty hair and pajamas and why am I crying right now for you? I'm not crying for you. I'm crying for all of us. You guys all feel like this and I just watched someone just cry that is full face makeup, lipstick, dressed to the nines, sparkle personality and I watched them go, I'm fucked. This is, tomorrow might be a new day. Tomorrow might not. Tomorrow might be the same clothes and Mm -hmm. these same tears on my face and that's been the realist is seeing the most curated people start to crack and join the ranks of everyone who's like hey guys i'm fucking insane right now like i feel a little harlequin inside where i'm like manically laughing (laughs) to myself and then i just start crying and i'm like oh my god i was talking to myself for like 20 minutes i'm in a house with people and i feel so lonely that it baffles one part of my brain you know the logical part of my brain is go you have people in the other room like it's be around them and then I go sit amongst the people and I'm like I still feel really lonely I don't know I don't know what breeds this feeling but all the haters out there that are saying just go back to work I posted my first real Debbie Downer like hey guys can you all stay home? And I meant it like, hey, kid on your skateboard, do you need to be cutting down the tape at the park so you can like hang on the slide? Like, what are you doing? Where are your parents? Go home. Do you need to go to the beach in Florida for spring break? Yeah. I mean. Oh, geez, Louise. That was horrifying to watch. Kids still saying YOLO, first of all. That broke my heart. And also, YOLO doesn't apply when people are dying. I'm yeah. sorry. They're saying let's reopen Vegas and use it as a test. And I was like, cool. All the people that I know would never go to Vegas. But all the people that are like, these are my rights. Let me out. You can't tell me what to do with my body. Full on. Go to Vegas. Yeah. Fucking jump a plane with all the people like you. And let's see what that does for our population. Let's see how it affects our election. Same with the uh, inject bleach into your lungs and shit. You know, like it's, it's like you, you want to think, yeah, go for that. You know, great. I had the same reaction. Uh, uh, I was actually talking to Tess about it. I was like, you know what? Awesome. You know, let let people go there and fucking, you know, get sick or whatever. But well, then you have people where things are open and then you have to go to work to survive because you can't get unemployment, mm-hmm. you know, just because you're, yeah. you don't feel safe going to work if it's open. You know, so it does. It just puts everybody at risk. People really do need to follow the guidelines and w- within reason. It, it is. It's tough. I mean, it's a real killer for people. And I've definitely been struggling with it as well. You know, I'm, I guess I'm fortunate enough where we're doing some stuff at work. You know, I can get out of the house and go to work. And I've picked up work actually because, you know, I've been claiming unemployment for a while, but I haven't gotten anything either. You know, I've, mm. that's not coming through. I've not been able to find the status of my stimulus. You know, so it's really been like no money coming in. So I've been picking up other works, picked up like some construction work and some other consulting stuff and things like that because I've been fortunate enough to have that 
opportunity. But yeah, I mean, it hasn't really been an option for me to just say like, okay, I'll just hang out at home. Even if it was, I think it would be too taxing. Like I, I don't really do well with free time. So I have had to structure my days and and it is funny, you know, like the whole, like, that'll be a great way to kick off the weekend. I do have to have some structure in my life. So I've, yeah, I spent a couple of weeks where I was like, whatever. I I mean, I have to get stuff done, but there's no timeline. So I'll, yeah, I would just be up until like two or three in the morning and sleep until we're at whenever. And then get shit done and repeat but I got to a point where it's like I this is making me like kind of miserable so I've been like okay get up at seven have your routine you know do xyz those things help me maintain my sanity as much as I can but you know it is still it is still difficult like I think there are people out there that are in the same boat as me where I just like I have a very hard time relaxing like I have to be occupied so I've had to find ways to do that you have that I wouldn't call it like nervous energy you're not just gonna sit and watch a movie and veg out and be like whoa where did four hours go (laughs) you're gonna be watching a movie while you check what time it is while your legs like tap a little bit while you look around the room and you're like okay well after this I guess somebody's got to do dishes. So you're you're not just going to veg out and lose hours of the yeah. day. Yeah, I mean, I would maybe call, I would probably call it nervous energy. I think there's some anxiety element to it. But yeah, that's uh, that's exactly right. I mean, I can't, I have a very hard time with that. You know, then, it, then it's like, okay, well, I can do that if I, you know, have a couple drinks or if I smoke some weed or something like that. But, you know, then it's like, well, I don't really want to be doing that every fucking day, you know, so... Right. And I, I, I'm at that point right now where the sadness and then that manic energy mm-hmm. wanes so closely together that I'm like, this is not an okay ride for me. I honestly, I feel like I'm sort of losing my, the same rational part of me, but the, the wave is so quick that I have been smoking more weed than I think I've smoked in the past decade. <laughs> Honestly, like I smoke it to feel happy again. Well, yeah. And that's weird. I'm not smoking it to get high. I'm not smoking it to cloud any sort of issue going on. I'm not even using it for anxiety. I'm using it to feel a little goofy and forget why I'm goofy and be like, oh, this feels, oh yeah. Right. And then using it again, like four hours later to feel a little goofy. And the other day I was like, God, I would kill for some muscle relaxers because I wrenched my back, of course. And I'm very clumsy. I've stubbed my toe. I think it's broken. I I donkey kicked an open floor cabinet the other day and just full on was like, you're part of my soul now, cabinet. It hurt. It hurt so intensely. And then I stubbed my toe in the dark later that night and it was like, well, you can't throw up in your mouth in the dark. So I made myself like, oh, turn on the lamp and then be like, breathe. And then also try not to because it hurt. It was that pain. And it's just been like like one thing after another. And I'm like, I don't even want muscle relaxers for pain management. I want them to make me feel like I might touch the ceiling a little <laughs> and feel like goofy. And then I also might pass out without noting what time it is. Yeah. Like I would love to do that. I would love to just have a nap and I'm not, I'm not a nap person. I'm not a, I think maybe like two days out of this whole quarantine. I'm like, I'm taking me time. Cause I get that gross selfish anxiety. If I'm not like doing something that will benefit more than just myself. Mm-hmm. So if I could put that anxiety aside and go, 
I'm going to watch a whole ding dong show that only I want to watch. I'm going to do it on my iPad with headphones on and I'm going to ignore everything in the world and lose a full day. I've done that maybe twice and that felt awesome and then gross. The next right. Day. Yeah. I mean, that that's a thing about it. There's like a, like you pay for it in a way. Yeah. And I've been, I did the same thing. I've had it. I've done that like twice. And that, and now what I've kind of discovered is that like the more I try to escape in that way, the more, um, the kind of the less rewarding it is. So I've had to like really yeah. structure my days differently. You know, it's not easy and it's not like a cure all, but it has helped ground me in some way and then appreciate things as like a treat, you know, a reward or whatever. So the past few weeks, I'm like, okay, well, I'm just not going to drink or smoke weed or do anything like at least four days a week, generally like whatever Monday through Thursday. So then it does kind of feel like a weekend, you know, whatever. And I, and I knew this before going into quarantine because I do, I, I do very much struggle with anxiety and and that can kind of get me into some depressive realm as well um so i knew mm-hmm. I, I it's funny i hate workout and gym culture i don't like the culture of it you know so if, uh, but exercising in general if i start my day that way i feel a lot yeah. better in that so i was going to the gym until that closed too and i've been working out but now it's like okay well i'm going to get up at 7 I'm going to work out how I like I would normally do. I get the kids going with their schoolwork and then I've I still have a lot of work to do. It's just unpaid. <laughs> so I just you know I like work and do whatever, do projects and you know pick up work, do these things and you know and then I fill my day. Kind of the icing on the cake lately has been a creative outlet like shit well we can't practice, but we had set up a recording setup in my basement because we practice here i've been just writing a bunch of songs and transferring files back and forth with the other guys and we've been writing a shit ton of music Postal service. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> I was explaining to the 11 year old girl and she said, Oh, there's this great video that came out and she likes this band and they put out a video where basic it shows them sending the file back mm-hmm. and forth, mailing it to each other. And it turns out they live right next door to each other. She was like, how great that is. And I said, Oh honey, let me tell you about a little band from the <laughs> it's called the postal service. They were ready for quarantine right. early on. <laughs> it was so beautiful. What a, what a throwback. Yeah. Moment. Yeah. Oh, I mean, if if this was an, a turning point in an evolutionary standpoint, I feel like they would be on top. I mean, the Postal Service, <laughs> they would be the survivors in this thing. It, it has, it's been really wonderful. In fact, before this podcast, I was like, oh, everybody's out of the house uh, right now because they're doing like a the kids and Tess are doing like a, I don't know, somebody's having like a graduation parade thing, you know, that what that people are doing. Oh yeah. They've been doing the parades. Yeah. So they're out. So I was like, well, I'm going to go home right now and then I can scream in the basement for <laughs> however long. And I was just recorded a bunch of music. It was great. And it's like, oh man, this is the first time that I've been really at all like jazzed about anything. I'm like, this is fucking fun. <laughs> I forgot what it feels like to have fun. It reignited your your passion. Yeah. You're like, I didn't realize I had all this still inside of me and it wanted to come out in a new way. Right. That's fun. <laughs> do you guys have like routines for stuff you guys do in your house with your lady and your children? 
to kind of like keep a kind of a normal type thing or you guys have like something crazy you do on Tuesdays like how are you guys mixing it up to kind of make it seem like every day is not the same day well I feel pretty fortunate because we live in an area where you know we can walk in the in their pretty interesting walks you know we live pretty near the bluffs by university of portland Mm -hmm. so we we do tons of walks so it is actually really nice and and relaxing and obviously i know that's a pretty privileged standpoint you know i know i i just really feel for folks in new york York. and yeah where it's like you're trapped yeah i mean that that's been a real lifesaver i don't know i mean i i really just feel like i would really slip into a dangerous brand of depression and anxiety if I just couldn't get out of the house at all. And I do think that that's been very minimized and and made to seem very trivial uh, when it really isn't, you know, particularly when there's no end in sight. I keep really just relating it to prison sentence or or like... um, The hearing. You don't know if it's going right. to be longer. You know? We have to self-reflect. We have to yeah. be told what to do in a way that we feel uncomfortable with. Okay, this moment feels really hard and all I want to do is put myself to bed at 5 p.m., but I can't. And I got some stuff done. You know, I took a hot shower. I have fresh clothing on and I should be grateful and not a sad little bitch. And I should just get my fluffy bed. And then tomorrow <laughs> is the next day. Yeah. When I'm having conversations with people, I think there's a cultural shift that has taken place or is taking place. But, uh, you know, people really have celebrated this idea of like, you know, take retirement or something or just having free time, just nothing to do. Mm -hmm. And then we forget that it's like having things to do and places to go and people to see and, you know, like all the things that just can get overwhelming or, you know, mundane or this or that. In general, I mean, obviously, there are some things that this wouldn't apply to, but, um, you know, that's what gives life meaning. So I, I, that's how I have felt, you know, particularly on days like where it's like, okay, just, you know, like maintain your routine, do X, Y, Z, don't lean on a crutch, you know, don't do this or that. And, and it's like the things that have saved me have been the things that I'm working on, you know, I'm working mm-hmm. towards that. I'm using the time to, and not that this applies to everybody, because I do think it's also 100% okay to just be like, you know, I'm I'm a potato today. I'm not doing it today. You don't have to. Right. If your body and mind requires it, then good on you for realizing it's see, it's the self-reflection crap that's really, mm-hmm. I think, the hardest part of being a human right now. No matter who you have with you, if you're alone, if you have people, you still get that turn inward moment where you're like, All right, brain, we have some choices to make. Yeah. Are we are we gonna do some good things and maybe let's see if it makes us feel good? The inner monologue is insane and I wish I could change it. Like I wish I could put an accent on it, something, because I'm so sick of talking to myself in the brain that I'm like, you know what, if I sounded like a cool Australian chick, I could just be my own best friend right now. <laughs> and it would make like, hey, you should go work out. I'd be like, yes, Australian brain. Good this is so good. When you're self-reflecting, it's like, okay, where are the areas where I can kind of even this out? And, you know, for me, it's like, I, 
I would like to be better at just relaxing and not being like fucking panicked if I don't have a thing to keep me busy. But at the same time, I know I need to keep that's where I'm happiest. So finding these like little creative outputs, like being able to record now, I'm like, fuck, why wasn't I doing this the whole time? You know, like we started recording stuff and and then it kind of sat there for several months and now I'm back in it and it's like all I want, all I want to do. So I get, I get done working. I come home. I'm like, I should have been doing this. Like I'm going to be in the basement for, and it does, it eats up that time that otherwise I would just be sitting there like the same thing. Like, well, sure. I'll go to bed at 6 PM because like, there's nothing else for me today, (laughs) you know, like, um, right. Nothing good. (laughs) So, I mean, that's helpful, but I'm sure it would also be helpful for me to learn to just relax for a couple hours, a hard time doing that unassisted. (laughs) You're not bred that way. And that's okay. That That's what's got you to where you are in your life right now is that go, go, go energy. Yeah. You know, I've never known you to not be in a band. <laughs> like I feel like if you had any sort of hiatus, it's because you were working on some secret project that you came out with later that you were like, oh, I was just pumped on something <laughs> else for a while. What you should do, and here's a fun parenting to kids trick is we've been going on walks and we've been seeing painted mm-hmm. rocks everywhere. Families are painting rocks. So I was like, ooh, what a great way for you guys to have some like fun family time. You just get some rocks, acrylic paint dries real fast, turns to plastic. You don't have to even coat it. And then you start a basket of rocks. So like every like Tuesday between like noon and one, they go out and hide rocks for people. So they're having a great adventure time. And you're like, poop to the basement for there we go yeah. <laughs> just get it on the schedule and then it also just helps your brain because you're like oh i have all these ideas i want to go down there right now but things change so quickly when you yeah. have a house with children and pet you know everyone's happy everyone sounds happy but everyone sounds yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it's been really funny because in our general day-to-day i'm gone for huge swaths of the day you know like i'll leave a, take the kids to school at like eight and then i won't be back until eight you know the kids are at school and tess's job is fairly flexible so both of us have like a lot of moments to be alone in the house but now it's like nobody has those moments you know it's where nobody's ever alone in the house so I was joking with Tess about this recording stuff because it's like, well, I really now like I can start laying down some vocals, but I don't really want to scream soloed out in the basement with everybody here. It's like real weird, you know, like I'm self-conscious. You're like, it sounds better right. in post. Like, no, exactly. Right now, what is what are the people in my house here? They hear me being like, right, right. And I'm talking to myself in the other room. Like I just sound crazy and they have no idea what's happening. Quiet for this weird amount of right. time. So you yeah. think it would be weird. And then, and then it's kind of the opposite here. So to work out vocal parts, I've been like, okay, well, I'll just make it like practice. We have everything tracked. So I just run that into the PA and it's super fucking loud. You know, so it's like, it's just very disruptive to the entire house. Like no matter what I'm doing musically, down there so how close are your neighbors uh i haven't discussed it with them so i hope they're fine with it i don't know (laughs) but we never have you know like we've practiced here forever no one's ever said anything but i'm sure it's fairly obnoxious especially when like practice ended and there was probably like a nice bit of quiet time where the neighbors (laughs) got used to not i can hear the max blocks blocks away i can hear industrial (laughs) trains i can hear the small airport near our house i can hear 
every kind of bird. Our neighbors have a fountain, which makes me, when I close my eyes, I'm like, I'm in a tranquil <laughs> spa. I can hear everything. I could hear the guy cough in his house oh, from Jesus. Kitty Corner Backyard. And I was like, I can hear every sound because it's suddenly yeah. everything's so quiet and it makes everything else so loud. Picture you have like one nosy ass older woman neighbor and she hears screaming after all this time of you not having practice there suddenly it starts up again and then every morning she's just checking to see if like tess walks by the front window like yeah. okay, she's okay okay <laughs> this house is weird i just didn't make sure everything's okay yeah yeah i mean it's interesting times and that's the other thing too it's like no matter when i do i know like the vast majority of people around me are home what a treat yeah <laughs> what a, what a treat well, you sound like you have a good grasp of your mental capacities. Oh, I do not. But uh, thank you. I'm very, I'm very proud of you. Oh, that's what I said. You sound like, I don't know, we might get off this and you might just like spin in circles for 10 minutes. I don't, you know, whatever gets you there. But you sound like you're doing a good job. And it makes me want to strive to be better. It's funny. I feel like I fall kind of in the middle because I definitely appreciate alone time. I definitely pass on a lot of things, but I really do appreciate being around people in certain situations and having experiences, um, you know, involving a social element. So I, I, it's somewhere in the middle yeah. for me. Um, but I know people that are really struggling with this that are just not built to be alone. Um, and I really, I really feel for them during this, particularly folks that are single, but but don't like being alone. And you know, but then on the flip side, mm-hmm. I, it's hard being around the same people all the time. It's been a strain on Tess and I's relationship for sure, because we're used to having alone time and having our own things going on and being in each other's space all the time is not uh, particularly healthy or... It's hard. Are you guys finding stuff to talk about that's actually like person to person? Because that's what I'm struggling with right now is like conversations about like the state of the house, the state of the environment, the state of the the presidency, the world... the kids, school, all that stuff, super easy. Lay it on me. Let's talk about it. And then it's like, have we run out of things to say to each other as partners that mean anything anymore? Are we just going to like hunker down and be like, eh, yep, cool. Yeah, (laughs) I feel like I'm, I am particularly bad at doing some of that stuff. Like, um, you know, like we, we definitely have stuff to talk about, but I'm like, I don't really want to talk about the state of the house. I, you know. I'm I'm not trying to yeah. have that conversation. I don't want to talk about COVID-19. It's just been so inundated where it's like all kind of shut down. And, and we are pretty good about recognizing when we just need space and, you know, figuring out alone time. And again, we're very fortunate to have space. Giving each other space. Right. Yeah. Because space. I mean, there are a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, people and families that don't have the space and I would just find it unimaginable. Can you imagine how many New Yorkers are sharing a studio apartment with their boyfriend or girlfriend and have since decided that they hate each other and they don't want to do this anymore, but they have nowhere to go. So they get to just like hate each other. I I can't imagine. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't really like talk so openly about this kind of stuff generally, but like, 
Um, I've, I've had some, some dark moments and you, you kind of have to pull out of that and be like under normal circumstances, this would be fine. But it just, I do get yeah. into that. Like everything is fucked. This is a disaster. Uh, what are we even doing? Whose life is this? Was what I thought the other day and was like, how dramatic, how drastic the brain yeah. is fucking weird. This is what I'm talking about, Steven. I just can't even, the brain is so weird that you have to like pull mm-hmm. out of the moment and look at it from like your gut. God's eye perspective of okay, talk yourself down. This irrational moment might be different later, or are we going to say a bunch of stuff right now that that's going to come out of it a little, little raw? So I've taken to journaling. I've restarted journaling since oh, ninth see, grade. See, I got to get into that because I really, really, really value authenticity, and I think my issue <laughs> when it comes to feeling this way is even if I know I'm only feeling this way because I'm in this place and I and I'm projecting it onto this situation or whatever I cannot pull myself out of it I can't do the like fake it till you make it I cannot get out of that headspace because it just it it doesn't sync up in such a way that it feels like an authentic moment I cannot do it so if I get to a point where I'm like just at my wits end I I need to remove myself for like 12 hours (laughs) I can't I can't do it so I, I feel like I'm I just have a hard time with that if I'm in an argument or in a in a place where it's like I I feel slighted or this or that, you know, even if I even if I know in my head it's not true, I cannot pull myself out of it. So like I have to remove myself, isolate myself, and and then I feel bad about that because yeah. I know it's you know painful for the other person. But it's just an interesting uh, thing, and a lot of this stuff comes to light because you are just confined in a space. And so, yeah, having, not having a space to escape to, I I couldn't, I don't think I could do it. (laughs) I would just be like. A hundred percent. I was thinking about that the other day of like, what relationship from my past would I hate to be stuck in right now? Like it really puts this relationship on a golden throne. When I think about like, who could I have been dating? Who I actually physically lived with. And I go through those exes and I go oh yeah no shit would have been murdered by now they would have been like I'm going to my friend's house and I would be like go in the world and die like it just you know it's so so dramatically different that it puts in perspective but I'm telling you Stephen I got a five dollar (laughs) journal and it was game changing because I came home and was like I'm gonna write like this is a story that I'm gonna read when I'm 65 (laughs) And I'm going to look back on that and I'm going to include little doodles. I'm going to include like what people are doing on the gram. Like I'm posting like what the death counts are right now in my age group and what the world looks like. But then like the next day I'm like, this day is the worst. It's so, you know, and I just get to like go on a rant. And then I made a page that I feel is very sixth grade of me. And it said at the top, and it's funny because I don't even, I wrote this like a couple of days ago. I don't even remember writing it. I went back and looked at it and was like, whoa, I needed to vent. <laughs> but the page is titled, here's an unorganized list of all the crap that sucks. And then at the bottom, there's a box that said, I will come back and write a gratitude page on another day. And today's <laughs> not the day for that, but I am very grateful for a lot of things. Like I had to like tell myself it was okay to just be like, Wah! that is like, so great. Like, yeah. it's funny. I, 
<laughs> I feel like that would be very helpful, especially writing things I'm grateful for, because I feel like I don't even think about it. Like I only think about the negative shit and writing about it. The sand comes down. It's like one grain of sand is a negative thing. And then suddenly there's so much sand and you're like, okay, I'm, I don't have the capacity to find the gratitude and the joy in this fucking moment. So I'm just going to write down like, here's everything that fucking sucks. We have ants. That sucks. I'm, I'm starting to feel like a crazy person and that fucking sucks. I, can't get my toenail polish off of one big toe and no matter what I try this sucks like it's just the stupid little things like every little thing feels really silly when I read it back but also that was pretty valid and I still kind of feel like that but today I'm feeling more grateful because like you know birthdays are happening and I'm seeing pictures of people's new babies it's the little things but you know what at that moment you don't need a gratitude journal. You need to be like able to just like hate fuck yourself <laughs> on a page. So I just need to go into a closet and maybe just like rage lift some weights and cry yeah. a little bit. <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, that's a really healthy outlet. It's funny. I don't get in the habit of writing. I'm pretty routine oriented, but unless it's a habit, I don't really do it. Or if I'm like actively doing a thing. So a lot of my writing is just like for band yeah. stuff or, or lyrics or whatever. But it's funny. But it's funny because uh, I listen to a lot of murder shows or murder podcasts and things that I was of course, listening to one the other day. And uh, this guy was suspected of murdering his partner or something. And one of the things the detectives looked at were his journals. They were like, there was some pretty dark stuff in there. Oh no! He's like, yeah, it's lyrics for my band. And I was like, oh my God, if something happened and somebody <sighs> was looking at my, like the only writing I ever do. Yeah. It's all fucking dark. And <laughs> you know, like it's none of it's uplifting <laughs> or anything. So I could definitely see people being like, Jesus, this is like some fucked up stuff or whatever. <laughs> This guy was super close to going serial, and you're like, no, the guitar part is really like it's high, it's uplifting. <laughs> so the melody makes it moving. It's not, it's not. I'm not crazy. Right. Oh my gosh, the journal. Now I'm looking at my journal like instead of, I'm gonna read this when I'm 65. I, now I'm just seeing it as someone finding it, and it just reads as like I'm a danger to myself and others. <laughs> Fuck the world. Well, is this gonna be evidence Ooh. in a case at some point? I better chill out a little bit. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Do you have any words of wisdom for the listeners out there? <laughs> Stephen Cook's guide to life right now. Oh man, that's heavy. Uh, not, not particularly. I I don't know. I mean, for <laughs> for me, it's been kind of healthy, like you were saying, to kind of self-examine and and uh, figure out what's good for you or what puts you in a in a good place. And, yeah. uh, you know, I feel like there are a lot of people out there prescribing solutions or, you know, prescribing what, what people ought to do. And I think it yeah. should revolve a little more around being, uh, compassionate around other people's needs and, and, um, you know, accepting of differences in those needs. So, uh, yeah, just do what you need to do for you. And the rest yeah, will follow. What I'm hearing from you this entire podcast was have a little routine. If you feel like you need routine, don't feel pressure to sit on your ass and do nothing. If you want to sit on your ass and do nothing, do not make a routine. Fucking do it. Yeah. Do it if you want to fucking do it. Be aware of things that are crutches and use them if you need them. Yeah. 
but be aware that you're using them because you need them. And I them. think people will be aware. I think I think people know, uh, you know, we shouldn't be placing responsibility on people to fix them or live in a in a specific way. You know, I I think yeah. that's a thing that's been weighing on on me a lot is, you know, all of this kind of um accusatory rhetoric or or mm-hmm. you know, things where people are really, you know, kind of becoming high and mighty about people should do this or that and I think those people are crying in their goddamn yeah. closets. I'm telling we you, all are. <laughs> this is what closets were invented for. That's your space. If you have no space other than under your bed or in your closet, I'm telling you, New York, listen, if you have a bed that is lifted off the ground and there's space under it, swaddle your ass in a blanket, earthworm under there, and just scream a little bit because I don't care who's in your house. And if you feel super crazy, that's your alone yeah. time. You just got yourself some personal space where no one's going to bother you. I don't want to go under a screaming bed. <laughs> that's all you. You take your time there. You do what you need to Maybe do. Maybe that's the advice. So, Establish your cry space and reflect on that. Right. No? Go, go pee on your hidey hole. <laughs> Mark your territory and let everyone know this is not your hidey hole. This is my hidey hole. And if I go in here, it's me time. Well, we have a, a hammock in the yard that's kind of like on the side of the yeah. house. I basically was using it as like things can get overwhelming you know, you tell, you tell the 11 year old, like I can see it in her eyes, the preteen eyes of like, oh, this is a lot to be around full family all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, honey, if you need to go in that hammock and just like hang out, that's a bother free zone. Yeah. Somebody's in the hammock. If someone's in a hammock, you don't go talk to them. You leave them alone. Or I've shouted from afar, like you're doing okay. You need anything to drink? You good. Okay. You just, you just want a hammock time. Okay. So that's been like the good thing of like, just putting yourself in timeout. You need a cry space. Do in the hammock. I don't cry in the hammock, but I think about like all the multiple times I almost cried today and how I didn't. And how, that feels rewarding. <laughs> a strength space. <laughs> I go there to strengthen up. And then if that doesn't work, uh, I just go cry in the closet. And then I hop in the shower and wash away the There evidence. you go. <laughs> Living our best lives. Well, I appreciate you so much. I appreciate you, Ben. Maybe we'll have a miracle happen to where they're like, hey, all small businesses, we actually are doing what we're saying. And I pray that your status magically comes through for your unemployment and they just give you all the backdated junk and your bank account suddenly is flowing <laughs> with random money you, you were not counting on. And that's a weird alien feeling to be like, am I allowed to touch this? Are they going to take it back? Is this really happening? Yeah. So I hope that happens for the both Amen. of us. For everybody out there who's just waiting on, I mean, it's so stressful. This is really tough. It is. Don't make your happiness someone else's responsibility, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That's, that is now, that's everything. That's Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much, Steven. Keep in touch. Let me know. Just send me a random text if you're feeling crazy go nuts and you know, I'll just record a fart noise and send it back and <laughs> we'll just live in crazy land and keep me posted on how you guys are doing. Get them to paint some rocks and keep screaming. Perfect. You too. Uh love you to death. Love you to death. If you would like to support you are that, you could join our Facebook group. And if you want to follow us on Instagram and also Twitter at no, you are that. If you guys want to support us with all the monies, 
for just a buck, you guys can join our Patreon. Really helps towards the cost of the podcast creation. We do it because we love it. We don't make a huge amount of money from it. But if you have dollars to spare and you're looking to find places for your dollars, go to patreon.com forward slash you are that. Also, if you want to put your dollars to work, but also put them on your body, Hot body. we have a merch store. And uh, we recently put in hella new merch. That is 80s vibe. Oh my God. You're going to love it. There's so, leggings and tank tops from Shannon's memories, y'all. If you want to like be like me, circa 1989, you could be that. <laughs> you are that merch.com. Seriously, you guys, go back and listen to part one and part two. They're epic and amazing. And I've been illustrating our past guests and putting their quotes up for you guys on our gram. Oh, and so, so go cute. see all my cartoon versions of our people. I'm sprinkling them in so you have something sexy in your feet every so often yeah <laughs> we love you guys all right love you bye love you <laughs> <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.